next stop, the Super Bowl. Hell yeah, you know we on. We built to do this all night long. Who that? Who that say they gon' beat them Saints? They a lie. They can try, but in the don't we know they ain't. Let's go. We on the road. The next stop, the Super Bowl. Who that? And welcome back to Kenosha Chronicles podcast. I'm your host as always. Brendan Ertle. Today, it's game week. Uh, I'm super excited. We finally have a podcast that we can preview a game. The Saints got the Texans on Saturday, uh, first preseason game. Super, super excited to see that. And it honestly doesn't even matter who rolls out there. And just, just to see any player in a Saints uniform is going to be super, super cool. And, you know, the way the season went last year, it just, I'm excited to get this year started. And it's been such an exciting offseason. And these past few practices have been, I mean, entertaining to say the least, for sure. Uh, so we have a bunch of things to talk about about practice, what's coming up, uh, some injuries, some roster transactions, and uh, so much more. But let's get right into it. So the first thing we got to discuss right off the bat is uh, Michael Thomas is back. Not physically, not mentally. But he is back, back, like 2019 Michael Thomas, and that's a bold statement. Obviously, he's got a ton of work to do to, to be 100% back and back to where he was at some point. But this has been incredible for all of Saints fans, for the Saints staff, and for Michael Thomas to see his progress these past few weeks. And, you know, the first day of training camp, we were surprised with Michael Thomas being um, taken off the pup list. He passed his test, and... Uh, practice the first day that was super exciting and we could say Michael Thomas is back on the first day of practice but now I'm saying Michael Thomas is back in a different way because there was obviously lots of question marks when he returned to the field you know Michael Thomas isn't going to beat you with his speed he's going to beat you with his route running his cutting his decisiveness his you know all that is catching um, and a lot of that relies upon a solid ankle and we didn't know if he would you know get back up to that level and I don't mean necessarily 149 catches level I just mean that level of play because he'll probably never touch that again no one will touch that again and even with these you know these receiving threats that they added definitely won't get to the 149 ever again so just getting him back up to speed and seeing every single day how he is slowly becoming it's not even slowly it's kind of been overnight it feels like where it's like, okay, Alave was dominating camp, Jarvis dominating camp, and then all of a sudden, put Michael Thomas in competitive drills, and he's top dog again. It's like, he reminded everyone, don't forget who the top dog is. And, I mean, he's really changed that. Today, uh, Jameis Winston was obviously out. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Andy Dalton, different quarterback. Four for four, four touchdowns with Michael Thomas in competitive drills. You know? I mean, it doesn't matter who he, who go, who he goes up against. Paulson Debo has had a phenomenal camp, and Michael Thomas just cooked him. And that's not that's not a knock on Debo. That's just Michael Thomas. Like this is so night and day from last offseason front we had, you know, at this time in training camp. You know, Jameis was out there throwing a Callaway, Hardy, Traycon Smith. No knock on those guys, but it's just different. I mean, Michael Thomas is the reason that you mean you win two or three games, uh, and you may lose two or three games not having him. I mean, he, it's that big of a difference when he's on the field. And you look at the other receivers that he's kind of built with around him. 
Jarvis Landry, a guy who's going to make an instant impact, and I'm still surprised I got him for the deal that they had. Uh, don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but it's like if you can keep this guy for um, a couple years down the road and kind of keep this trio together, I think that'd be phenomenal. And, you know, Chris Olave, I won't go as far to call him the camp MVP, but I think he stands out uh, to look professional. He doesn't look like a rookie at all. I mean, from what I've seen, he's made play after play after play. And, you know, Alave, some fantasy advice, he might be a guy that you take a take a shot on late in the draft. I mean, I was just looking at ESPN, and his average draft position is not being drafted at all. And I think that Jameis is going to be, uh, you know, confident in what Alave can do. And Alave fits what Jameis likes to do really well, which is throw the ball deep. So uh, he might be a favorite target early and often along with those two guys. But this is just such a night and day experience from last offseason. Getting those three guys and all have stood out like they have. I mean, the receiver room is, it's its its insane how much it's flipped. I mean, it's one of the best groups. And they're going against a DB room, which is also one of the best groups. And seems like at times they've gotten the better of them just because of the guys they have out there. Like I said earlier, a guy that stood out a lot has been Chris Olave and, you know, just been going over a play made today at practice with CJ Gunnar Johnson in coverage and don't really know if it was complete or incomplete. I mean, don't have to go too deep into it. There's definitely conversation going on. If you know, you know, CJ's on, on Twitter talking about it a little bit. Um, but this has brought up a good conversation and something that we need to talk about further uh, with CJ Gunnar Johnson because he is, you know, in a situation where he wants a new contract. Uh, he's going into a contract year. And this he's in a spot where it's kind of awkward because the NFL doesn't exactly value the slot corner acquisition very well. They value the cornerback position highly, but the slot cornerback position just hasn't been paid like it should. You know, Kenny Moore is one of those guys uh, in, in Indianapolis that is one of those top-tier slot corners and is kind of waiting for that payday as well as Cesar Gunnar-Johnson just waiting for one of those dominoes to fall. Just nothing's really fallen yet. And, you know, a slot corner acquisition is, it's all it's always different based off how you run your defense and whatnot. But CJ is is a starter in a nickel in a nickel defense. He is basically a starter in the NFL. So he probably wants the, the money that he deserves. And so we'll see if that gets resolved or not. He did do kind of a quote-unquote hold-in for a couple of practices, miss a practice due to a personal reason. And now it seems like he's been back to full uh, full go for practices. But who knows? I mean, Bradley Roby's been playing a lot in the slot as well. He's been playing outside. He's been playing really good in camp as well. Do the Saints not want to pay CJ? Do they want to, you know, work on something later? Do they want to work on a different number? Do they want to trade him? I mean, who knows? And who we, we won't really know what the resolution is until it happens. So it's definitely something to keep an eye on with CJ and what happens with him. Obviously, would love to keep him at the right number and, you know, keep him for years along the road because I never ever want to play against him. He's one of those guys that you want to have on your team. So tons of value with him staying here if if it can work out. But that's something we just need to wait on and see. But CJ has been one of the top storylines of these past couple practices as well with with his situation uh, moving forward. So last thing before we. Uh, move on to the Texans game and what we can look out for there. We got to talk about Jameis Winston for a second. And uh, obviously, probably not a lot to talk about right here. 
a couple days ago, Jameis left practice pretty early during seven-on-sevens with a quote-unquote foot injury. The media, someone, I mean, it was a game of telephone. Someone hurt somewhere else. That was an ankle injury. It ended up being a foot injury, and it doesn't seem, I mean, it's not. It's not a big deal. Uh, he's considered day-to-day. Obviously, probably won't play against the Texans. Don't even know if he would have without the injury. Uh, but nonetheless, he's been a- away from practice for a couple days now. Don't really know when he'll be back. Again, day-to-day. Hope to see him next week when they travel to Green Bay. Hopefully, it doesn't last longer than you know two weeks. That's where you start to get a little eh about it. But regardless, a little tweak of the foot, that's all we have. And it doesn't seem like a huge deal. It was a scare for some people for a second. Walked off under his own power. Got some further evaluation. Uh, Adam Schefter reported that he feels fine. It's nothing to worry about. And doesn't really go beyond that. So, uh, again, when someone has an ACL tear and he gets another injury, it's it's the opposite foot. So, it's not related to the ACL tear, which is, you know, good. Um, but not, not a lot there. Just a quick scare for Saints fans and... Again, if you if you are nervous about it, I'm telling you, there's nothing to be nervous about, and it's not going to be anything that, you know, bothers him three months from now. So let's talk about this Texan game and what what we could be looking forward to, uh, who to watch out for. I mean, this is going to be a game where you know Dennis Allen and his staff will figure out a game plan and what they want to do, but you know every team does a little different. We saw the Raiders and Jags play last week. And, you know, Josh Jacobs played a good amount of that first quarter, which was surprising to a lot of people where uh, this that first preseason game is usually a game where you see the bottom half of the roster fight it out for those last few spots. So that's kind of what I expect to this first game will look like. I'm expecting more of maybe Andy Dalton gets a drive or two, maybe a quarter, or maybe he doesn't even get anything. Maybe it's just an Ian Book game. Now, the Saints did sign KJ Costello, uh, he was, he's been with the team before, recently with the USFL, uh, Philadelphia Stars. He probably won't be able to get up to speed fast enough. You, you know, he's he was here earlier this summer, but things tweak and uh, things like that. So don't think he'll be able to really play this week either. So that brings up some other questions. Do we see, you know, the starting offensive line? Do we see guys who, you know, are fighting for a spot? Do we see James Hurst and Trevor Penning both play? Uh, the Raiders, when they played their first preseason game, I'm trying to base it off other teams because you just never really know. You don't really know the game plan. I'm sure Dennis Allen currently doesn't even know right now what he wants to do either. But, you know, the Raiders played a good majority of their defensive line and linebackers, more so because, you know, they were unsure of what they had at the positions and there was some ongoing competition. So, you know, obviously guys like Lattimore, I assume Michael Thomas, maybe even Jarvis Landry, Ryan Ramchek, guys like that probably won't play. Um, I bet Tyron Matthew, uh, you know, the, the the stars of the team won't see the field. Maybe they'll warm up and stuff and, you know, get in pads and not play, kind of what, like what Derek Carr did last week. But, I mean, that plan's really up to the coaching staff. They could come out and the starting offense could play a drive or a quarter, and we could be surprised. You know, this, was, this has been a team that uh, – over the years, doesn't usually play most of their starters that first preseason game. And, you know, as time goes on, they slowly progress to get those guys a little bit more snaps just to get things going. But, you know, this is a new coaching staff, kind of the same culture, so I expect the same things. Um, but, you know, I would love to see an Ian Book game, a full Ian Book game with 
fair competition and not just throwing them out there with the dogs like they did with the Miami Dolphins. So that brings up another question with a guy like Chris Olave. He's proved himself a ton in camp, but he's a rookie. Do they stick him out there and play him, you know, a decent amount? Because the bottom half of the wide receiver roster is fighting for spots. And it sounds like, you know, even Kevin White is, is in there for competition. Uh, Dijon Dixon, uh, Kirk Merritt, guys like that are fighting for spots. And it sounds like it's pretty close. So this first preseason game, that wide receiver room could be very, very interesting to see, you know, who makes 53, who makes the practice squad. You know, staying with the with the offense in a competition, I think the biggest one you circle right now is the running back room. And today we had some news that the Saints released Malcolm Brown, who I thought had a good shot at being running back three. I mean, he's a veteran. He's been around the league. I thought he had a good chance of winning that job and said they release him. And now it's a real competition for running back three. Uh, does that mean that they have a guy or guys that they like and they want to, you know, kind of trim off the competition a little bit? Maybe. I mean, we'll see. This this first preseason game, what you should be watching is who starts at running back because I doubt Kamara Ingram will really play. And if they do, probably not for very long. Who's that first running back in? Is it Tony Jones? Is it Dwayne Washington? Is it Divino Zigbo? Guys like that. Is it Abram Smith? Uh, who plays the most and who plays the best? And the other thing is, who makes the most mistakes? That's going to be huge on who wins this job. And I think this first game uh, is going to be huge for this room and who gets a step ahead and who gets the snaps the next preseason game. So I think that is one of the biggest competitions as well. Um, you look at the linebacker room, same kind of thing with Pete Warner. Probably, you know, he's fighting a groin injury, fighting a groin issue, I'd call it now, where he's been on the field, off the field now back off the field uh the Saints need some depth at that position uh will we see that in the in the game I mean obviously DeMarco Jackson the rookie fifth round pick out for the year don't really know what his issue is uh injury wise uh but the Saints need some help there as well so two positions where I'm going to be watching very very closely and this first game is going to tell a lot for a lot of positions I'm super excited to be back and talking Saints football uh, pre-game pod it's it's amazing to be back and you know training camp coverage um, it's hard to do when you're not there and finally get to watch some football on tv really looking forward to it this saturday uh, tune in i'll get a post game pod as soon as the game ends and we'll i mean we're back we're gonna get this thing started and ramp it back up thank you guys for 11 sport as always uh i'm brennan earl i see you guys next episode who dat Let's go. We on the road. The next stop, the Super Bowl. Hell yeah, you know we on. We built to do this all night long. Who that? Who that say they gon' beat them Saints? They a lie. They can try, but in the don't we know they? Ain't.